They've already hit him with the reed with the crown of thorns on his head, causing profuse bleeding all over his body. They deliver him now with a purple robe. They deliver him to be crucified, uncondemned. So many things wrong with this. And yet, was it a surprise to God? Was Jesus like, you know, I demand to have a fair trial? Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Pilate offered this sacrificial lamb before the people for their inspection. He may have meant to mock Jesus and the crowd, presenting a thorn-crowned, bloodied, and beaten man with a purple rag across his ripped open back as their king. The crowd saw Jesus in all his misery and responded by screaming, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! There are many times when people are angry enough with God and his goodness that they think or wish him dead. It is far more common for people to simply want God to disappear, for people to wish away with him, away with him. Now here's Pastor Rob. It says, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, notice his wife now sent to him saying, have nothing to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. So now Pilate is feeling like, The Jews have got him in their hand, and he's got to do something. He's got to crucify. He's got to give in to their demands. And now his wife, think of the power of a wife. Forget the power of the mob. The power of the wife. She comes to him and says, I've suffered many things in a dream of this man. Have nothing to do with this just man. Well, thanks a lot. Talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Oh, yes, Pilate was in the crucible. And you know what? God allowed it. This man was a man pleaser. He was in politics, and he just wanted to please people. It didn't matter if there was a moral problem at all. He was just a man pleaser. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. What do you want? You want this? Oh, I'll give that to you. Even though it's wrong, I know. But you know what? You want it so bad. I'm just going to give it to you. No, a real leader should say, no, this is what the Bible says. This is what God has said, and I'm not going to give that to you because it's going to destroy you. What's the matter with you? Go back home. That's what a real leader will do. Not give you what you want, but give you what you need. And what we need is the word of God. And what we need is to follow the Lord and follow his word. Amen? But notice in verse 20, it says, The chief priests and elders, notice, they persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. They stirred the whole thing up. And then in verse 24 of of that chapter, it says, Then Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all. Yes, this Roman prefect, the governor of Judea, when he saw that he could not prevail, but rather that a tumult was rising, he took water, he washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. Really? 
Notice how Pilate lost control, and rather than quelling the uprising like that clerk in Ephesus, he appeases the mob, he does the illegal thing, and the character of a person, isn't it true, is really shown when they are put under great duress, when they are held under the fire. It's times like that that we really find out who we really are, but not while everything is going well. It's usually when we're held to the fire, when we're under great duress, that's when we find out really what we're made of. I don't know myself. Does anybody know themselves here this morning? To know what you would do in a certain situation? I certainly don't because I've proven it over and over again that I I talk a big game and then I get right in the middle of the circumstance and I realize that I wasn't all that I thought I was. There's a discrepancy about what I think of myself and what God knows to be true of me. And maybe you feel the same way. It's a healthy thing to examine your heart like that. And in doing so, we refrain from making wild boasts about what I can and cannot do. Because honestly, I have no idea. Maybe someday, I'm hoping one day, I'll shock myself. And when, the, when it really comes down to it, that I'll do the hard thing, the difficult thing. The thing that would require something that is extra supernatural that I don't have within my own self. And all the people answered and they said, this, his blood be upon us and on our children. Yeah, they didn't mean it like God meant it. Certainly the blood of Christ would be over them and they would be guilty of his blood. But God was thinking, if you would just receive the blood of Christ over you, you'd be free of your sin and have entrance to heaven. In Mark chapter 15, it says something interesting too. In verse 15, it says, So Pilate, wanting to gratify the crowd... Notice, to appease the mob, in order to gratify them, what does he do? He released Barabbas to them, a convicted true killer and robber and insurrectionist. They delivered, he delivered Barabbas to them and he delivered Jesus and after he had scourged him to be crucified. Again, the power of the mob. This man, Pilate. History says that After all of this had happened, after the crucifixion and the resurrection, many years go by and Pilate actually has to go back to Rome. And I think it was Caligula he had to stand in front of. And because of all this stuff that was going on with Pilate, he was an unstable man. Finally, Caligula told him to go kill himself, and he did. I believe it was Caligula. He says, go and take care of yourself. And I believe it was Pilate who poisoned himself and he died. I think that's how uh, how he passed away. But he was a consummate politician. He compromised truth and justice to satisfy the angry mob. You know, in the last couple of years, there have been a number of judges and leaders, civil and even religious in our country, who have given in to the court of public opinion rather than doing what is right. But let us be resolved to do the right thing. Let us not be one of those people that gets caught up in the court of public opinion especially wrongful public opinion, and let's uphold and encourage those who are doing the right thing regardless of what the public opinion is because the public opinion is usually wrong. The public opinion is usually based on the flesh. Very seldom is it doing the right thing. And so we have to to know. And it takes conviction, doesn't it? It takes spine 
And that can only be given to us by the Spirit of God. That's what we need today, folks. We need the Spirit of God. We need discipline. We need discernment. We need wisdom. We need fortitude. And last but not least, we need great love, agape love. We need that today. And let's not be gullible, believing everything that the media is telling us. But be a Berean, like uh, Acts 17.11. They, they searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. You know, be a Berean, in the word, of course, first. But search out everything, even stuff that you see in the media and on YouTube especially. Because there's so much falsehood in the media today. And be careful about your propagation of that stuff. Before you send an email, before you send a tweet or a retruth. Be careful about what you send because chances are, and I've got caught in this a number of times and I'm fed up with it. Be careful. Be careful what you listen to, especially on YouTube, especially on Twitter, wherever you're getting your news, even Fox News. Yes, and somebody will call the radio station later and say, I'm, you know, I'm not going to listen to you guys anymore because he said something about Fox News. Fox News is a mess just like the rest of them. True journalism is dead. (laughs) There are only a few, maybe, who actually hold to it. And they're quickly ran out of town by these big, you know, mainstream media companies. They don't want the truth. They want to spin it the way they want. But nothing nothing is new under the sun, isn't it? And we see that even in this... And what Jesus went through. There's really nothing new that happened there. You could basically take those situations, the people, the events, all those things, and you could overlay them on 2022, and you would find that they're probably just like the same, it's like the same stuff. It's the same thing that's happening. There's nothing new under the sun. What has been will be. And the things that, and people will look back on, the, on, on even today, and they'll forget about the, the events of today. They'll forget about what happened two years ago. They'll forget about what's going on. We have this amnesia, and yet we need to be critical thinkers. That's something they're not teaching in schools today, is critical thinking. We need to be thinkers again. Instead, people are... I've got to be careful, I'm going off on a limb here. But people are just listening to sound bites, and they're just kind of going along with the, the mob... Be different from the mob. Search things out. Know the truth. Know the truth. Remember, the first casualty in any war is truth. And we're going through that, aren't we? But in verse 14, back in our text, notice. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? And here Pilate is just a consummate. He's angry because he knows he's being played. He knows he's being manipulated. And so he's kind of pushing it back into their court again. And he's just like, he's like stirring up the pot and he's loving it. And he's telling them, Shall I crucify your king? And they're like, We told you he's not our king. We want Caesar. Are you kidding me? The Jews, the the religious leaders, they want Caesar. We have no king but Caesar, they said. They're going to say it. We've got no king but Caesar. Madness, that's what that is. It's madness. Shall I crucify your king? And the chief priests answer, we have no king but Caesar. Opportunists. 
They betrayed the, the chief priests, they betrayed their own country and themselves by now aligning themselves with Caesar because it was expedient for them so that they could get what they wanted because what they wanted was to be done with Jesus and they would sell their soul to the devil to get it. What hypocrisy. Actually, my daughter, when she was little, we were teaching her this word, hypocrisy. And she would say, hypocrisy. <laughs> I like that. But it was hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. And now notice verse 16. Then he delivered him to, be, to them to be crucified. An uncondemned, uncharged man that they've already nearly killed by flogging him with the flagellum. They've already slapped him. They've already punched him. They've already hit him with the reed with the crown of thorns on his head, causing profuse bleeding all over his body. They deliver him now with a purple robe. They deliver him to be crucified, uncondemned. So many things wrong with this. And yet, was it a surprise to God? Was Jesus like, you know, I demand to have a fair trial. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for heaven's sake, we're going to do it by truth. And we're going to, I'm going to show myself. And if you, want me to, if you want me to bring down fire right now to prove that I'm the Son of God, I'm going to do it. You know, but did he do that? No, he didn't. He willingly went to the cross. He says, I willingly lay down my life for the sheep. Because he is the great shepherd. And that's what a great shepherd does. A great shepherd, a good shepherd of any flock of sheep is going to take care of those sheep. And aren't you the best taken care of sheep by Jesus? Doesn't he take care of you? Even on our worst days, even on the days where we're, you know, our basement's flooded with water because we went on a, a trip and came back and two weeks later we find water coming out of, our, out of the sides of our house because our hot water heater... Why, what's the deal with hot water heaters? I, I just, we had it happen too, by the way. <laughs> but it didn't get very far before we found out. Thank you, Jesus. But he took him away to be crucified, and they took Jesus and they led him away. We're going to pick up in verse 17 next week, but I just want to share with you something before we go on to verse 17. There's something that happened, and it's a small little detail, and it's one that I've already alluded to. But right here between verses 16 and verse 17, you might want to write down uh, Mark chapter 15, verses uh, Verse 21, you'll see that whole phrase, that whole uh, section of Scripture there. But this is what happened after Jesus had been let go, and they were going to let him go to be crucified. Remember, he had already been flogged, he'd been beaten, he's, he's gone through everything, and he's physically exhausted, he hasn't had anything to eat, no water, he's tired, he's been up all night, right? He's been up all night, think about that, up all night, no food, no water, and then beaten, losing blood so much so, and then he's got to carry this patibulum, which he got somewhat of the way, and then somebody else, and, and, and then this is what happens. And this is what occurred in between verse 16 and verse 17, is this man by the name of Simon, a Cyrenian from northern Africa. It says in Mark 15, verse 21, Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. To bear his cross. He had been beaten so badly. 
And again, you know, as much as the physical sufferings of Christ are, are genuine, they're real, they're history, I just want to encourage you with the cross that he bore. Again, Jesus took that cross. He, he bore the shame for you and me. He took upon himself. He became, he took our sin of everyone who would ever be born and everyone who has ever been born. He would take the sin and God would judge it. And by his stripes, or his stripe really is literally what it means, by that one blow, that is what gave us the right to be called the sons of God. The sons and the daughters of God. Because Jesus took that punishment for us. I don't know about you, but I never want to lose the gravity of what he did for me. We're not taking communion today, but you know, that's when we take communion, that's, that's really what we're thinking. The body and the blood of Christ that was his body and his blood that was shed for us. You know, I think as Christians, and, and I'm guilty of this, I can become so familiar, especially as a pastor, I can become so familiar with the passages and I have read them several times, several times, that I get to the point where I start, it starts to lose the momentum, the, the, the hugeness of what he did for me. And you're probably no different than I am. You, know, you, you get to the point where, yeah, I've, I've heard that before. You know? and, and I get it. We've heard the information. But I want to encourage you today to take a fresh look at what Christ has done for you. How he bore the shame and more than all the physical stuff, he did what nobody could see on the cross. Nobody could see it. The devil was very much aware of what was happening. And I am sure that while he was hanging on the cross, it's not written in the Bible, so I'm on thin ice here, but I believe that the devil was probably right up in his face as Jesus was hanging on the cross and just looking at him and staring at him and saying, I've got you. I've been waiting for this day since Genesis 3. And now you're mine. And Jesus says, eh, give it a little bit of time here. We'll see. Come back in three days and we'll talk then, Satan. We'll see what happens. And hallelujah, he rose from the grave. Because it was prophesied that he would. Defeating death and hell. And giving you and I the greatest victory over death and hell. If you are in Christ, you have that. I would encourage you today to make that decision. If you today have heard this message and it doesn't affect you, pinch yourself and see if you're alive. See if you're awake. Now, for those of you who don't know Christ, today ought to be the day that you give your heart to Christ, and I pray that you do. Would you come forward today and receive Christ? Today, up here, after service, come up. You can do it wherever you want. There's no magic in coming up here and having some of the elders pray with you, or even myself. There's no magic in that. You can do it from your seats. But will you make a stand for Christ? And will you publicly proclaim him? And let day, today be the day of salvation. Because today is all you've got, folks. We're not being invaded by Russia today. But the Ukraine is. And there are people today that are dying over there that have not given their heart to Christ. And God is giving them the opportunity today to come to him. 
Do you realize that many of them, their time is up? And there are many that I know right now that are dying that aren't going to heaven. And there are many that are, have died and that have gone to heaven. But we have that decision and we live in this wonderful country of ours. Do not let a day go by until you give your heart to Christ. It's so important to do that today, not tomorrow, not when you, you know, retire from your job and you go down to Florida and play golf and you got the easy life. Don't wait until then because you don't know if you're going to make it then. Do it today. And for those of you who do know Christ, let the things that we talked about today, let it stir you up again and let it give you a renewed sense of, Lord, I am yours and I want to be yours. And Lord, I've been playing a game and I've been engaging in sinful things that God, you know that I've been doing. And Lord, today I want to offer them up to you and I ask for your forgiveness and I pray that you would come and cleanse me and heal me and take me and receive me. And you know what? He will. Even for you, Christian, who've been playing around with things you know you ought not to be playing around with, he is willing to forgive you and to cleanse you and to receive you again. That your fellowship would not be broken. Because that's what happens when we do sin and we don't confess it. Our fellowship with God is broken. It doesn't mean that we're going to go to hell if we're truly Christians, but it's important that we come to the light with him and confess those things and not play games anymore. We can't afford to play games anymore. we got to do it today. Do it today. Do not wait. Father, we just come before you and we ask, Lord, for your help. We pray, Jesus, That, Lord, for those here today and those who may be watching or those who may listen later, God, that you would open their hearts, Lord, that every single one of, everyone in the hearing of this message will give their heart to you. Lord, that's your desire. That's your plan. That's your heart, God. Would you please do that work deep inside of us, Lord, and help us to not uh, be so quick to continue in our sin, Lord, and get comfortable with it, Lord. Help us to come clean with it, Lord, today. Whether we belong to you right now or not, Lord, let us come clean before you today and be rid of it and confess it. And you are faithful to forgive us all our unrighteousness when we confess our sin before you. And Lord, for those that have never known you, God, that today would be that day of salvation. Would you please wrap your arms around their hearts that are so racked with pain and guilt and suffering, God. You know who they are. Would you please do that, Lord Jesus, and wrap your arms around the church and Comfort us, God. We need your comfort in these crazy days that we live in. Jesus, please help us. Give us right hearts. And teach us, Lord. Lord, we await your return and we can't wait to see you. And we know that you long to see us and to see the look on our face when we finally look into your face for the first time. The tears in your eyes and the tears in ours as we consider this great king. Lord, it's in your name that we pray. Amen. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.